Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Sure. There's yeah. no words there. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. In five, four, three. Time to talk about sports. Uh, welcome to season six, episode three of Let's Go Blues Radio. My name is Kurt Price, and I am here with my two co-hosts for the evening, uh, Jeff Ponder and Bill Day. We are both live. We are all live on uh, Wednesday, October third, two thousand seventeen. This is franchise episode number one hundred six all time. If you would like to send us a tweet, send it to at LGB Radio, and we'll read it on the air. If you, uh, join us on the air. Go to letsgoblues.com/radio. And click on the button to join the show uh, when we make that active, which should be oh, midway through the show or so. Um, how are you guys tonight? Great. I uh, I did something pretty awesome today. I uh, went back to as far back as uh, Google Play Store would let me on our episodes. And uh, it was when we returned, uh, which was, um, what year was that? 2015? 2014, 2015, and uh, it was our first show was right after the trade deadline. So uh, I listened to the show. We talked about how good uh, Robert Bertuzzo looked in a Blues jersey. Discussed how Ole Jokinen pretty much did nothing in his first couple games with the Blues. And talked about how uh, Zabinik Mahalik would, is going to look good uh, in the many years he'll be playing for the Blues. So uh, we were wrong on that last one, but uh, I'd say the first two panned out pretty good. I mean, Bertuzzo, uh, a good seventh defenseman. And then, uh, yeah, Ole Okunen, guy who did nothing. I uh, <clears throat> I have all the all the shows, um, gosh, from probably farther back than that. Um, if you ever want some, I got them. I've, uh, I've got all the old St. Louis Blues radio shows. I have the original. And I've got a lot of the uh, the Let's Go Blues from early seasons. So uh, I'm actually adding those as we speak to my iPod. I'm going to listen to them again. And I just love hearing the sound of my own voice. Now, it's it's interesting to hear. That makes one of us. It, it's interesting to hear our insights from back then compared to what this team is now. You know, back that show we listened to earlier, we were talking about how the Blues were primed to make a deep run. We were all hoping they'd play the Minnesota Wild in the playoffs. That didn't work out. A couple of us were wanting the LA Kings in the first round. Uh, That was year they didn't make the playoffs, right? Uh, The Kings? Yeah. Yeah, so that was was an interesting show. It's interesting to go back and, and hear these perspectives and just, first of all, just to be like, man, we were so off. You know what's funny about uh, about going back and hearing the old stuff is that oh, I, I actually saw um, from years ago. It must have been 2005, 2006, no, seven maybe. 
uh, it was a couple years after we got uh, after we finished uh, Dead Last. Uh, uh, so and that I, was 06. I, yeah, so it was 06, 07. It was the, a couple years after that. But So I was uh, uh, the Hockey News. I had something published in the Hockey News. A little blurb from Kurt Price, Let's Go Blues.com. Uh, a little blurb about the – and uh, I think uh, Brad Lee had a blurb in there too from Game Time. Uh, just like, you know, just hitting up a couple of uh, uh, web owners, bloggers, people that uh, – and about the Blues in their season preview edition before the season started. And it was neat seeing what I said, just a little paragraph thing about uh, Oshie and Bacchus and the, and the kids and they're going to like, you know, take the next step this year and make the playoffs. And it was, yeah, was kind of neat. You know what? Yes. Oh, go ahead, sir. Um, I bet you, I bet you no other blues podcast has one of these that I have in front of me right here. What is it? It is a let's go oh. blues radio mouse pad. Check that out. Huh? And that's sweet. Now, Kurt, how do I go about getting me one of those? Well, this right here, um, you can't. This is like an exclusive thing. Um, but I can make it available. Can, can it be exclusive to the hosts? Because I, I think Bill and I might be interested. You yeah, guys are a little, little jealous here. I can, I can, I can, I can hook you up, and uh, for the low, low price of whatever it costs me. When are we going to see the uh, the fifty first season T shirts go on sale? <laughs> Those this week. Because we had the fiftieth uh, logo last year that uh, that I made for, which I enjoyed a little better than what the team Did, came up with. But the, those that don't know, last season we were discussing how Kurt had designed a fiftieth anniversary logo for the Blues that was much much better than the one they went with. Which I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, all three of you uh, or all three of us did not enjoy that one. Correct? It grew on me as the season went on, but it was okay. It was. But, it was it was simple, but well, it, we can all agree that it was just a little simple. They could have done something a little more with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so so I, I mentioned, well, Kurt, you should save that one and make it a, a 51st season logo. And uh, he he ran with it, and uh, I saw it, and it looks fantastic. So you got to put that thing on sale because nobody <laughs> celebrates the 50, 51st season when really, except Let's Go Blues Radio. Arbitrary number 50 just happens to be a multiple of 10. And it was five of them. So, hey, 50 is a big deal. 51 is is, is a bigger deal because it's one more. That's it's true. Celebrated. It will keep compounding on itself. Why is, yeah, you know, 25 is a big number. 50 is a, you know, celebrate, celebrated, but 51 never gets any love. So we'll, we'll show it some love. Mm. Yeah, the moves uh, themselves aren't showing it any love because uh, as I drove by uh, the Sky Trade Center this morning on my way into work, the mural from last year was still proudly displayed on the outside i was wondering if they're going to take that down because it was there on sunday when i was there for the last preseason game they're um they're waiting for the city to pay for the renovation on that <laughs> to renovate the trying to keep a straight face i couldn't do it yeah. to renovate the <laughs> done yet. so they need another, another 125 million from the city. <laughs> this banner does not come down until we get our 125 million <laughs> and the city wants to, you know, use the tax revenue from the tickets, and so it's a big mess. Uh, what do what do we got for uh, uh, the beers of the episode, uh, Mister Day? What do you got, sir? Um, I am uh, I I I went to the dark stuff early on in the year. Um, when I poured this, I it was like wow. There's no light getting through that whatsoever. Um, this is uh, something I had on the shelf. Uh, Doris the Destroyer, double imperial stout from Hoppin' Frog Again? Beer. What's up? 
Can you hold it up again? Sorry. Oh, I click on you, so I'll show you. Yeah. Yeah, the bottle. Uh, bottle is outside uh, or downstairs. I will. Uh, I'm tweeting the picture now. Doris the Destroyer. Yes. I know a, a friend of mine has last name of Doris. Yeah. Yeah. Mark, yeah. if uh, you ever go back and listen to these shows, this one's for you, buddy. He's not. <laughs> he's not a hockey guy. He's no. a basketball fan. He's not a hockey guy yet. Those weird ones. Yeah. We will convert him. His son likes hockey, so that's. Well, oh, there's there's our in. Our in. I get sucked in. Uh, for me, I uh, I'm going with an old favorite, and I think I think you guys have spoken to this one before too. It's uh, one of the Four Hands Brewing, uh, one of their best, in my opinion. I'm going with the Citywide tonight. Mm. It's uh, just a good classic American pale ale, uh, smooth taste, smooth finish, and uh, it goes great. With toasted ravioli. Hmm. Those that don't know, a a St. Louis beer for a St. Louis uh, meal. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm sure it goes great with uh, 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 thin crust pizza as well. Mm. I'll uh, I'll let somebody else make that decision. Not a thin crust guy, huh? Uh, not a St. Louis style guy. Now Get we out of here. Are you a thin crust foretells? A guy or not a thin crust uh, emos guy because those are vastly different. Right. No. It, it's uh, I, it's the emo emos. Oh, it's, um, it's the Provel not. Cheese. Yeah, it's the Provel cheese. It's, yeah. Yeah. Oh man, my wife. Uh, she's the only, she's the only one I've met besides you now, who uh, won't eat it because she hates Provel cheese. Yeah. So I I usually like. I have to have it once or twice a year as part of uh, family gatherings, but I I don't enjoy do you, those. Do you, Jeff, do you know what Provel cheese is? Uh, yeah, it's a really thick cheese that uh, is is no, looks disgusting, but it's delicious. Well, I mean, no, it's made of plastic. <laughs> it's a combination, I believe, of cheddar and mozzarella. Ah, I did not know that. I believe that. I believe that's why that. it's wonderful. If somebody I like all like, cheese, I can't think of any cheese I don't like. That's a good point. I, well, the stinky cheese, I'm not a big fan of. I don't like the Lindberger and the, the blue cheese. I'm not a, I'm a fan. You, of you you eat the Munster? Munster? Uh, it's okay. I don't. I, I can't recall. I, I haven't had much of it. If I have, it's not bad. It's good on a lunch meat sandwich. <clears throat> so next week, are we going to do instead of beers of the show, cheese of the show? Yeah. Hey, why not? Why not? Let's let's add it for the it's it's the fifty first season. You, everything goes. The cheesy segment of the show. Anyway. Oh, yeah! What a cheesy joke. Oh, bad. So, you have a beer, Kurt? I do. Um, it's nothing special. I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it. Um, it's just a Coney Island hard root beer because uh, that's all I had in the fridge. So, <laughs> well, I, yeah, I was gonna make a trip and didn't get out there to do it. So uh, that's what I, I, I like it. It's, I, I'm a, a lot of people hate the uh, hard root beers. I like them. I dig them. So, I I'm in the same boat as you. We're in the middle of a move. Uh, moving this weekend and so i it was about 40 minutes ago i'm like oh i need to get a beer for the show i don't even know if i have any beer in the fridge i had two citywides and i think we have a stag left over from a float oh, trip. and you chose i would have chose the stag. I mean, oh yeah no offense against citywide i like citywide but uh I, I enjoy the stag stag have been we haven't had stag on the show have we no oh. i uh, i don't believe any of us have I feel I'm, like I would remember if Stag was on the show. <laughs> I have to 
pick up the steak next week because I my dad used to work at the steak brewery in Belleville back when I there was, now know that. Yeah. So I, uh, I had quite the beer can collection when I was a kid. It was weird. The I was a you know in, in grade school, high school, and I had a beer can collection, which I could not drink the beer that was inside the cans, but I I had the cans. You just had your dad's saliva all over your room. Well, my, my dad. What my dad would do is he would he would he worked there. He would take the cans off the line before they got filled, put them back on, and they'd get capped or you know the, the lids on them, and so there'd be no holes in them, but no beer. So it was kind of cool because a lot of the beer can collectors they they poke holes in the bottom, punch holes in the bottom, drain the beer out, so the top's intact. But mine, the tops and bottom. And and that brewery made it, put out a lot of different beer. Some beer I'd never heard of. A lot of beer I'd never heard of. I I did I, I I had no idea that Stag was even in Belleville. No idea. They closed down oh god in the eighties, <laughs> late eighties, I think. I think it was. That's why I yeah. wouldn't know that. Wasn't the uh wasn't the uh um bottling plant right off of 15 i think so i think it was uh they actually sponsored the blues or i do remember yeah. seeing uh um signs in like the old uh, uh books that um stl blues history has posted yeah yeah advertisements think, uh, all over i think tom's got a few things up around uh <clears throat> sports bar and grill yep. yeah uh, that, all staff yeah uh, today in Blues History, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account. Today is August 3rd on, in 1973. Bobby Plager received a suspension from the NHL and became engaged on the same day. A very eventful day for Mr. Plager. Not surprising, I guess. And also a happy 86th birthday to Glenn Hall, born uh, today uh, in 1931. October 3rd, 1930. Two notes here. Um... The headline for that Bobby Plager is beautiful. Uh, <laughs> from enraged to engaged. Yep. That's that's beautiful. I mean that that's speaks to who Bobby Plager is as a person, as a hockey player. Uh, second of all, I'm excited for next week because we will have actual blues memories, like from the season. Yes. To discuss. Yes. Not so much. The past couple shows have been, uh, today in Blues History, has been more along the lines of uh, uh, stuff like today, like this. Uh, happy birthday to so-and-so. Or, uh, you know, so-and-so was uh, cut from the team. Whatever. Or that we had it last week, we had an uh, exhibition game, I think it was, between the Blues and somebody. Yep. Uh, not not the most exciting, but, you know, uh, thank you to the, uh, the at STL Blues History Twitter account. Uh, they did a fine job. Very fine job. We've had that gentleman on the show, and uh, and he knows his stuff. Do you have the opportunity to follow him? Please do. I uh, he he just posted a, um, a a booklet from the '67 season, the inaugural book. Uh, was it the team yearbook? I guess he turned it into a flip book. Uh, so yeah, if you go to his Twitter page right now, um, it should be one of the top things on there. Very interesting. I read through it earlier. It has all the original roster, the original coaches. Pretty cool. Um, we have joining us on the show today, tonight, uh, a gentleman, uh, Nicholas Rousseau. I, I guess I'm pronouncing that correctly. He, uh, he right now, I think if you want to unmute yourself, uh, Nicholas, if you're there, if you can hear me, um, I'm here. I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes. Yes, I can. Uh, how are you tonight? How are you I'm doing? I'm great. I'm great. 
Thank you did say Nicholas Wusso correctly. Okay, good. That's a very good hockey name. Yes, Bobby Wusso played for um, the Canadians, won the cup four times. Actually, he played against the Blues. So, oh, any any relation to you? My family said we all because why not? <laughs> like, come on. My family says we are. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I believe we all. So yes. They're not. My uh, my dad actually owned Ponderosa. Oh, cool. That's not true. Oh, anyone could. I just like to say that. He worked at A Ponderosa. That's right. <laughs> but no. Okay. So, uh, so uh, you uh, you have uh, put together a. Now I'm not sure, and I guess we'll find out here in a second. Um, we've seen the, uh, the three of us here. Well, you put together a, a blues. It's ultimate fan. It's called ultimate yes. fan film. Yes, ultimate fan film. Fan, and uh, we've seen the trailer. Uh, you want to tell us a little bit about it and uh, where, where the idea came from and uh, uh, how that came about? Yes, yes. All right, so the Ultimate Fan is about a guy who's a big blues fan, like majority of St. Louis is, and he needs to stay, um, save the Stanley Cup because it gets stolen. And I Which, just... You know, the history of the Stanley Cup, that's not surprising to have happened to it. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I would about how the cup was stolen a couple times and how it had been used in different ways. Like one of the um, players' mother-in-laws actually used it as a file cup, cup, cup for a while. And then I'm like, and how the idea came when I was watching the Penguins, not this year, not last year, I mean, but a couple of years ago when they was playing the um, when they was playing Detroit in the Stanley Cup Finals, and I'm like, hey, I like the Blues. The Stanley Cup is the most prized trophy in sports history, and why not it get stolen? So I came up with the idea like that. Okay. And uh, is the is the film in production? Or, is it, um, or how, how were you at with it? We are finished with the film. It actually ran in film festivals. Okay. Um, it, it did in two years ago, and my friends and I are still trying to get it out to other film festivals. Hopefully, is so, there is there a uh, is there a way for people to view this film? Uh, yes, yes. Okay. Um, if you link, uh, maybe in the description, you can link my channel to my video to the trailer. That'll be the best way people could view it. Okay, so that's the trailer. Yes. And so is the is the entire film out there? Uh, the total film's not out there yet because film festival wars. We cannot post it. Okay. Do you expect it to be out eventually at some point? Then I guess I probably would put it out. Give me January. Okay. If I don't make anything. I'll do January. Cool. Um. So and this was filmed locally, correct? Yes. Yes. This was filmed locally. Um. We. I don't know if you guys are from. Um, South, um, South St. Louis, but Caruso's is one of the restaurants that we filmed at in the ball. Wonderful restaurant, wonderful staff, though. Um, the, it was also filmed at Bayless High School um, with a scene, and then it was filmed in Kirkwood, in Kirkwood um, train, st train station. Yeah. So we all have St. Louis ties. So. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I know when, when Bill watched the trailer, he's, he, he said that uh, it was Kirkwood Station that he recognized there. Yes. That's maybe the most iconic spot you know because right. everybody 
goes a little iffy because I know I take Amtrak a couple times. So. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll link to the uh, the the trailer that's out there uh, in the uh, we'll put it in the description, the show, and uh, it's on Vimeo, v i m e o dot com. Uh, if you want to search for it, it's an Ultimate Fan. Uh, it's about a Blues fan who, uh, like uh, Nicholas said, uh, uh, tries to retrieve the Stanley Cup that has been stolen. Yes. If I could say one thing, sure. um, the main character is wonderful actor. Clayton was awesome in this film. He's actually a coach, high school coach. So when I got he was assistant coach hockey, and when I got him, I knew him because previous films, but he's a wonderful actor to work with. And my crew was also awesome because I had my assistant director, Ben Smith. He was, um, whenever I couldn't do it, he stepped up. And whenever um, my DP, whenever I needed something done, a shot done, he, Clinton Jordan did an awesome job as well. I'm really proud of those guys because I met him in school, I always wanted to work with them. They're great people, and I'm just proud that we got something done okay. at that time because that time the Blues were hot, and we thought, hey, what if the Blues win the cup? And we're like, eh, if they do, they do. They do. If they don't, our, still, our film is still fictional. So every year we hope someday the film won't become fictional, but we're glad it's somewhat still fictional. Well, it's a it's a fictional film, and then it's a it's about you know. And then you mentioned that the the blues win the cup. That's also kind of fictional. <laughs> it seems fictional, like it's going to happen, but uh, hopefully it does. It's going to happen, hopefully. Uh, so, uh, and you said like the actors and whatnot that it, that uh, appear and act in the sh in the film. They're uh, they're I guess local as well. Yes, the local films. Yes. Cool. So cool. Uh, locally, uh, home home uh, grown production, locally shot and with local talent. So. Yes. Uh, you're from the area as well, I guess? Yes, I am. Cool. You're from a... Yeah. I can't... Yeah, we lost Jeff there. What did you say, Jeff? You're from the south side, I guess. Um, yeah, South St. Louis, yes. Okay. So. Cool. City would... or county? Um, county. Okay. Um, once again, this film was fun to work on. Um, when you get the name on your... When my last name's on the same cup... You kind of like think, you know, that's cool because you see it and you're like, that's the only place in, hot, in sport that wouldn't have the name on the trophy. And whenever I saw, I actually saw my name and I actually pointed it out to my dad and I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. Like, not a lot of people could say those name is on the Stanley Cup. Is there a price on the Stanley Cup? There should be. Like, <laughs> uh, there's. <laughs> There's a day. It's a day. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You get one day. Yeah. Half day. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I should lose all my day then, maybe. Well, uh, Nicholas, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll uh, tell people where they can uh, find it. Like I said, it's on Vimeo.com. Yes. And uh, thank we'll you for having me too. And what about uh, social media? How can they find you there? Um, social media will be pull. I don't know it offhand, so hold on. Okay. I know. I'm... In the meantime, what high school did you go to? I, I, actually, went, I actually went to Bayless. Okay. That's why I filmed at Bayless because you got a famous um, John Goodman who went to Afton. And I'm like, who needs John Goodman in Afton? We got Bayless here. That's right. So for my Twitter, we have Ultimate Fan OGB. That's okay. Twitter. That's the Twitter's Facebook account. Okay. 
I'll so I'll, I'll, fast, I'll um, retweet you guys so people could get the word out still more. Sure, for sure. No problem. Hey, uh, uh, again, Nicholas, thanks for coming on the show. No problem. Thanks for letting me do this. This is awesome. I hope the Blues do win, so maybe someday I could come back and say, I told you guys. Yeah, well, I, I hope you're right. I, I also hope that others don't look at your video and say that you're cursing the team. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you can. I think the team's already cursed, so maybe a double curse will mean that it'll be lifted. Cancel, right. That's. <laughs> I never thought my film would be a curse. I thought, oh. it would be a, I thought it would be a like, all right, boys, let's do it. <laughs> Motivational. Motivational, right. yes. Okay. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot, uh, Nicholas. No problem. Let's go, Blues. Let's go, go Blues. blues. Go blues. Right. That was uh, that was Nicholas Rousseau <laughs> for the ultimate fan. So, I, and I, I am looking forward to that film when it comes out. in, he said probably January. Yeah, can- I mean, it should be entertaining at the very least. I mean, we're all hockey fans. We're all gonna, you know, we're always looking for something to watch that's about hockey and not just hockey that's a good point it doesn't matter if you're a hockey fan it doesn't matter what it is if it's hockey related you're gonna watch it Young yeah, i see i see a hockey related video on youtube and it's like oh that's poorly shot but it's a hockey video i gotta watch it yeah. you know young blood is not a good movie but <laughs> it it's it's um it's amongst a favorite movie amongst mm-hmm. hockey fans so it's, it's hockey. yeah it's, it's probably it's, it's my favorite keanu reeves role Ah, you took my joke. <laughs> it's it is some of the finest acting. This is brilliant. Uh, okay. Well, um, anyway, so the uh, we'll get to the uh, season preview stuff here in uh, in a sec. But the uh, the Tom Wilson stuff. Yeah, have you guys uh, heard about today? The uh, uh, Washington forward uh, Tom Wilson was suspended two games for a hit on uh, Blues forward Robert Thomas last week. And on Sunday, his boarding penalty against Samuel uh, Blaze caused, or now it's Bly. It is Bly, yeah. Uh, caused another hearing from the NHL Department of Player Safety, and uh, which was to take place on Monday with my daughter. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, and it was just announced uh, within the this evening that uh, he uh, will serve a four-game suspension with a boarding call. So, uh, yeah, and Wilson told the media last week uh, that I'm, I'm going to continue play, uh, to play my game. And I'm like, is that right, Mr. Wilson? Well, then you're going to continue to be fined and suspended then. That's, that's, that's your game, apparently. Well, we, did we discuss the hit last week? Was that on our show? No, I don't think so. Okay. So, I don't I mean, I, I didn't see the hits clearly because, I mean, it's preseason. But um, I... Uh, I'm I'm so distracted. <laughs> what is she doing back there? <laughs> oh, he muted himself. He's, I can't hear him. He's screaming at his child. Look at him just scream. Kurt's losing it. I'm just kidding. Um, Put the no, belt so... away. Put the belt away. <laughs> oh my. Um, but the thing that bothers me, and and this is every preseason I've said this. I probably even said this on the show. If you're going to suspend somebody for a hit in preseason, I don't care if you let them play the rest of the preseason. You Their suspension it... needs to be regular season games. Right, absolutely. Make These it... guys aren't learning anything when they're suspended for preseason. Right, you got to make it worth something. You got to – You. who cares if I miss two preseason games? 
hit them where it hurts. Keep them out of the the action when it counts. I totally agree with that, Josh. Well, and it doesn't even it doesn't hurt at all. Not even like because you could say, well, okay, well at least he's not getting paid. They're not getting paid anyway. They don't get paid for preseason. So all you're doing is saying, hey, Tom Wilson, you're going to sit the next uh, two games, which you probably weren't going to play anyway. It's it's ludicrous. But he's gone for four games now. So. Yeah, so he will get regular season games here, which I'm happy to see. But at the same time, this would have happened in game one of the preseason – he would have gotten the same suspension, and he would have been back out there for preseason and regular season games. Well, suspend. Well, I, I, uh, sus- preseason games are weighted differently than regular season games. Just like regular season games are weighted differently than playoff games. I also am not a fan of that, but I see their point. I think games should count for games. I think I, I, I agree. If you do something yeah. illegal, and you get a five game suspension in the regular season. That should be a five game suspension in the playoffs. How else are you going to stop? this illegal crap from happening. So, yeah, Seabrook should have been gone for the entire first round against Bacchus. Um, yeah, was that? It was two games, right? Was it Seabrook? Or was yeah, it Keith? It, no, no, it was Seabrook. It was Seabrook, Keith you're that, right. Keith, Keith did the, ba- the wakey-wakey. That's right. right. Right, and he still won't own up to it. Which we, we've turned, we've, we've, oh, it's, 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 it's a fact. He's, it, I mean, it's, you can't, you can't deny it. He's on video saying it. You can see his mouth move when he says it. And you know, and his actions since then have just proven that he's just that kind of player. So, yeah, the slash to the head in the wild series the following year, yeah, intentional slash to the face. That was nasty. Awesome. He's he's a dirtbag. Uh, rule changes for uh, 2017-18. Uh, there are a, f- a few notable ones. Uh, no more timeouts allowed after an icing. Which I, I we'll we'll go over these and we can say whether we like him or not or indifferent. Uh, unsuccessful offside challenges will result in a two-minute penalty now. And uh, refs will be cracking down on off, on face-off infractions. Two infractions on the same face-off results in a two-minute penalty, which is was already on the books, but they're just going to enforce it now, which it's always nice to actually, hey, you know what? This is a rule. We should start calling it now kind of a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's it was already on the books that way, wasn't it? They're just going to enforce it more. I saw it called last year uh, a couple times, but... It was. I mean, you'd see players. Player faceoff infractions are one of the worst things to not get called. You see players not squared up, not where their feet are supposed to be. They're cheating. Their sticks are down early. There, it, it's just yeah, it's it's uh it's bad. I remember Joe Pavelski uh, calling out Sidney Crosby during the Stanley Cup Final, saying the reason he wins all those faceoffs is because he cheats, but he's Sidney Crosby, so he's going to get away with it. Probably true. And it's not just him. I mean, not just a single out Crosby. I mean, we. I remember a couple times, even last year, seeing Laterra with his stick far down or down far before he was supposed to, and it's just that should be called, you know. And and I'm I'm happy to see it too. I I know fans get pissed and coaches get pissed, but at the end of the day, it's in the rule book. It needs to be enforced. You know, it never gets called. Is the the feet where they're supposed to be? They're supposed to be in those in those those uh, those little marks, uh, one foot on each side, and they're never there. They're always cheating uh, angled. They're never where they're supposed to be. And that that's something that should be cracked down on. So about the other ones, uh, Bill, you have any well, thoughts? Well, I was just going to say, as far as the, the face-off infractions, one of the, one of the problems I have with 
with the uh, you know the, that we're going to start enforcing it is that the linesmen I I've really had a problem with the way the linesmen have approached faceoffs over the last few years and they're the ones that seem to have a direct like they're they're the ones that control the situation you know they're they're hesitant to drop the puck I mean I guess I guess we can't hear you know what uh, you know what they're saying as they're lining up to drop the puck but it just it it to me, there is a measure of, uh, you know, I, I don't think subjectivity is the right word, but a measure of, uh, you know, of influence on the play. You know, the, the linesmen it, are involved in the action as well. Um, so if if you're going to hold the players accountable uh, for lining or, or for going to the uh, to the faceoff dot properly, you got to hold the linesmen accountable for being consistent. I mean that's that's just my thought on the situation. I and I think the linesmen have been terribly inconsistent when it comes to managing the faceoff dot over the last several years. You know which one I like is the uh, the unsuccessful. Well, I like it and I and I'm confused by it uh, at the same time, which that makes sense. I I will say unsuccessful offside challenges will result in a two minute penalty. I I like that on the surface. But really what they're trying to do is, well, we don't want so many offside challenges because they want to crack down on those. Like, how about just do away with them altogether? I agree. I mean, yeah. if, you, if you want less of them, just don't have it be a thing. I know we've had this discussion on an exhaustion on this show. So if you're a, a listener, you know our feelings on it. But, yeah, I mean, we I think we all can agree, the three of us at least, that these offside challenges are just – ridiculous. I mean, I still go back to that, that Blackhawk series. Was it Laterra that was offside? Just by an eyelash. By an eyelash. And you, and to me, you still could not conclusively say his foot was not on the, on the rink. And then oh. there was the, the one last year in the, uh, the Stanley cup final, uh, Nashville. Um, it's just, I'm not saying I'm, we don't need to argue whether the refs are right or wrong on, on their calls. It's just, the whole thing is silly. I mean, how many times per year do we see a blatant offside lead to a goal? The one that comes to mind is the Matthew Shane from two years ago, three years ago, however long ago that was. Right. And then Where there's been one or feet offside. Yeah, that was ridiculous, and I agree. But and we and actually going back to that show I listened to earlier today from when we came back, there was a play. It was uh, I don't know if you remember it, Justin Abdelkader scored in overtime against the blues with a broken stick. Yes. Oh yeah. my God. If my daughter was still here, she would tell you all about it. She, yeah, she it was, it, it was that show. And we all agreed that there just needs to be a blanket NHL rule that says, Hey, cause they already review every single goal. They say there needs to be a blanket review of, Hey, five seconds before a goal, 10 seconds before a goal, we're going to review everything. Anything happens. We might wipe the goal away offside puck hitting the, the back net and popping out, broken stick. That should be the rule, not allowing coaches to have challenges, in my opinion. I, yeah, I, I was going to counterpoint this as well. Um, you know, as far as the, the coach's challenge, it's I, – I totally agree. I, I, hate, I hate that the offsides – you know, call, you know, especially a play that has developed well beyond, you know, a fractional offside call. Um, I, I hate that that can be turned into a, you know, a reviewable play. 
I think the the part that's missing from the new uh, in enforcement uh, ideal is uh, that you can't allow so much time for a coach to watch the video more than one or two times before they make up their mind on the bench. We said to that me, to me, yeah. there should be the live game penalty for that. Um, you know, and I, they, they, there, and there needs to be a time limit here. The officials, uh, a number of times last year, they took forever to review the Latera play. It was so close. They were reviewing it for a long time. It was like two or three minutes. They were just standing there, replay after replay, zooming in, zooming out, different camera angles. And I said this at the time, uh, our next show after that, I said that they really needs to be there. Need, there needs to be a limit on the amount of time the officials have to look at it. If they can't conclusively determine one way or the other within like 30 seconds of watching the video, uh, how many times? Three, four, five times in 30 seconds. Uh, then, then the play on the ice stands because it's too close to call. It's not. You know the, the the spirit of the rule is to prevent, you know, to, is to correct a wrong on the ice, and to me the the uh, human error element has to remain in play. Where if you miss an offside by five feet, granted, call it fine. I review it, got it, correct it, great. If it's half an inch, I mean, if, that's 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 too close to call in, in in today's NHL. I just don't, I don't I'm not buying that. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what game it was, but I think it was an NBC Sports game uh, midseason. It was definitely the Blackhawks were involved. They went offside, clear offside. Even Olchek was going, that's an offside play. And then they scored uh, within a couple seconds, and instantly the coach threw the flag, and, and all of a sudden the goal was taken away instantly. Um, why is the onus on the coach? That's the thing I don't understand. That should be an NHL, hey – that guy was far offside. We're going to review that. If we think he's offside on the replay, looking at it three times, that's not a goal. That's That should be the rule, in my opinion. Or the special cameras they had for the playoffs that year that the Terra skate was offside. They had special cameras on the blue line for the playoffs. And uh, just for that, I'm like, so they're, they're just making the reviews longer. More camera angles, more cameras, you know, and so they can just fine-tune this and, and zoom in and get within a – if he's an eyelash offside, they're going to review it 10, 15, 20, 30 times to see if they got it right. It's like, come on. Enough's enough. I got a camera on everyone's skates. There's your answer. Why not just put a sensor in the puck and sensors in the skates, and then you can just do it all on a computer. Genius. Make sure the puck's across the line first before this before the sensors. And then, and then I guess while we're on this topic real quick, and I think you guys will agree, make the blue line a plane – don't make it that their skate has to touch. Yeah, I, I buy that. that. I think that's ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, that absolutely couldn't agree with that anymore. If you're over the blue line, if you're hovering over the blue line, and you haven't broken the entire plane of the blue line, you're, you're still on side. Um, and then real quick, the other rule, um, no more timeouts allowed after an icing. I, you know, when... Um, when they uh, changed, did, added the rule for the no line changes after an icing, yeah. um, I was all for that. I'm all for this. Uh, you know what's funny is I think I've mentioned this on the show. My summer project, I've got a bunch of old v VCR tapes, and I'm moving them over to DVD. Eventually, the goal is to get them all on YouTube. i got so many old blues games. Probably for probably three, four years now. What's that? 
three or four year projects is going on now. It's been a while. It started in June, maybe May. And yeah, I've, I'm only like halfway through. I've got, I've seriously got about 30, 35 tapes of old blues games. So I've, I've been converting them over. And so I've been watching all these old games. It's funny to see an icing and then have them have Ken Wilson be like, blues lead two one back in a minute. And it's like, whoa, they're taking a commercial break. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to think that even just 14, 13, 14 years ago, they were taking commercial breaks after icing. Now you can't even take a timeout after an icing. They didn't care. It was money. Yeah, right. Time, money. So the uh, the Blues opening day roster um, is set. And we got the, I mean, with lines are in front of us. Uh, I had a lot of talk on social media about the uh, <laughs> the line combos uh, because of the injuries and, and Kurt. Before we get into this, yeah, sorry to sorry to interrupt. Sure, okay, yeah, fine. can we can we have a moment where the three of us, real quick, and Kurt, I want to start with you, where we discuss our reactions to the Latera trade. <laughs> we have not been able to share that with our audience yet. Can I, 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 I like I, sh- I can show you what I did. Okay, let's see it. It was, I was at my parents' house watching the, the draft. And I just, and my dad had to be sitting there like I was crazy. And, and I'm just like, I'm like, come on. And something, something's got to happen. I saw that there was some talking, there was some talking. And then I was, my jaw dropped, arms went in the air, just yelled, yes. <laughs> I have never been so happy to, for a blues player to leave this, leave the franchise. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, um, yeah, I I was watching it down in my uh, basement, and uh, girlfriend was up on the third floor, and uh, she uh, she came running downstairs because she thought I had hurt myself because I was like just screaming so loudly and so happy. It was it was pretty uh, <laughs> pretty what? funny at the time, and uh, yeah, I uh, got I I couldn't believe he pulled that off, and uh, yeah, I my. Uh, my thoughts for Doug Armstrong did a complete 180 in like you know half a second when I saw that trade announced. Everybody, when, everybody thought he was untradeable. Everybody thought he was untradeable because he was untradeable, and they got something good for him. <laughs> that, that trade should not have happened. He got a better player. It's just um, yeah. So for me, I was on the couch. I was having a bad day. I was having a really bad day that day, and um, I. Just because I was having such a bad day, my wife. Normally, when the draft's on, I have to go to the basement to uh, to watch it. Um, she was like, "Yeah, just watch it up here on the big TV. It's fine." Just put the kid to bed, so he's already asleep. Gary Bettman comes up front, and I think Rutherford even tweeted. Somebody tweeted, uh, "Blues made a deal. It's pretty obvious." Uh, waiting for confirmation. It might have been one of the national guys. Bettman gets up. We have a trade to announce. The St. Louis Blues have traded, and right away I, I like kind of threw my arms up. I'm like, oh, I'm thinking maybe just a draft pick. Like maybe they're wanting to like move up in the draft. He says Yori Laterra. I'm not kidding. I didn't even hear the rest of the trade. I jumped up off the couch, and when I get excited, my voice gets very high pitched, and I screamed. Somebody took Laterra. Somebody took Laterra. Who the hell would take Laterra? And I didn't even hear the trade. And I see people celebrating, and I'm like, oh, I didn't even hear what they got. I was too excited, the fact they traded Laterra. 
it wasn't until about two minutes later I saw on Twitter the deal, and I'm like, how? Uh, my favorite tweet, one of the Flyers beat writers tweeted, uh, man, uh, they gave up all that for Braden Shen? And then it said, like, asterisk, looks at Yori Laterra's contract. And then it said, oh, boy. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, yeah, that was – and then the, the Reeves trade, which I love Ryan Reeves, and we all do, but I'm sorry. That was a, another steal. I'm in love with Doug Armstrong. I, I want to take him home and, and raise him as my own. <laughs> I mean, I think uh, he did good uh, in the draft day. That was that was uh, one of the most memorable draft days uh, as far as uh, excitement at the actual draft. I mean, yeah, we've drafted players we've been excited about before, but uh, the player movement and then the return we got for the players was uh, pretty fantastic. You move Reeves for a first-round draft pick. Yeah, um, that, like, that's insane. That's, that is that is just unbelievable to to move to move a guy who you know was what uh, you know in the tens of points and uh, you know what wasn't there for putting up points, and then you got Marcus Johansson, who's a seventy point getter, gets can only get you a second round pick. It's insane to me. Yeah, I you know I said before the the Penguins cups that. Jim Rutherford is the worst GM in the NHL. Um, he ran Carolina after their cup, ran them into the ground. Um, but then obviously he wins two cups and it's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm the dumb one. What am I saying? But then it's trades like that. They make me say, I can kind of see what I used to think. Like, I, I understand why I used to think he was a bad GM because I'm, I'm sorry. Again, love Ryan Reeves. We all do, but not a first-round pick. I mean, you cannot. Even – I don't care if it's the last pick. Ryan Reeves, at best, lands you a fourth-round pick, well, in my opinion. And the player that was available. that, And when we traded Reeves, I'm like, oh, Costin's out there. We, we got to – I'm going to play draft Costin. That would just – and then we'd get him. And it's like, in three years, we're going to be like, we traded Ryan Reeves to get this guy. And he, he's going to be – I mean, everything's pointed to him being – uh a pretty significant contributor to the team. So, And I'll say, I do understand why a lot of teams didn't take him. Um, I really think that with Russian players, the best thing to do is to have a, a camaraderie of sorts. Make sure you have other Russians on the roster. And I think well, the allure for him, you got the best Russian in the NHL right now, arguably, on the top six. You're a top six type player. Within two years, he might be on Tarasenko's line permanently. You never know. He might be on this line ten this season. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Given how the injuries are going right now. Yeah. Yeah, the top line's gonna be um I mean why Tarasenko and uh Costin. <laughs> well there uh, there was the issue with Costin. Team stayed away from him because of his he had a shoulder issue. And uh and there's the Russian issue, but his team folded. So he was and and he was I mean, if you talk to the guy you hear interviews he was like, he's coming over here. He didn't care. He, is, he, he wanted to play over here. He was motivated. I mean, he, he said all the right things. So, I mean, if you believe him, uh, which, I mean, he, he came here. He came over. Granted, his team pulled it and the players dispersed. But uh, so yeah, I, and I, I think that from what I heard in the, the prelim before the draft, teams that did talk to him, he made it clear, hey, I'm not, I'm not Nishushkin. Like, Nishushkin, when he 
was drafted by the Stars, he told them, I, if you send me the AHL, if you don't give me a top six round, uh, pick or top six uh, position, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Costin didn't say anything like that. He said, hey, I, I just want to play. Bring me over, draft me, and I'll, I'm going to play. So, he yeah, seems, I mean, he, he's, like, he's a confident guy. He seems like he has the perfect attitude. For, yeah, he does. I mean, a great attitude for, I don't want to say for a Russian player, but it, I mean, based on, you know, other experiences teams have had with Russian players, I think Kostin is, is couldn't have asked for a better Russian player uh, attitude from out of uh, a guy from that part of the world. So, agree. Uh, so the opening day roster is set. So we got uh, injury issues have led to uh, uh, some <laughs> shuffling of the lines a little bit. Um, so anyway, uh, the the proposed the projected lines that were being told uh, forwards uh, top line: Stasny centering Sabotka and Tarasenko. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so second line: Shen centering Yaskin and Schwartz. Uh, third: Sunquist uh, with Thompson and Piarve, and Brodziak with uh, Thornburn and Upshaw. With the extras being Barbershaw, Barbershev and uh, Megan. And Clint Costin, of course, he hurt his uh, lower body. So, so we can we can get into that dynamic first line in a minute. But my first question is, why is Ivan Barbashev not playing? I, I mean, I Sunquist, good player from what I heard. I'm excited to see him play. Tage Thompson, I'm excited. Yashkin, I'm 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 thinking he could have a, a good season. But I'm sorry, Ivan Barbashev. That guy has done nothing but impress. That guy deserves a spot. I, I the word out of camp was that you know he was. Uh, they're just saying that he didn't show the level of of play that he did last season. So right, Yo Yo's taken the uh, hardline approach to uh, to him. Said he disappointed and uh, yeah, and uh, the tough love is he doesn't get uh, get a spot in the opening night roster. Opening night, you know, whatever, you know, we'll see. But yeah, you know, within two, three games, this might completely be blown up. But well, I, I, this is this is not going to stay this way. Obviously, I mean, when players come back, it'll be different, and and obviously, uh, some of the kids are going to be interchanged in and out uh, every night. Get some kids some time to see what they can do, especially if they're not, you know, if they, God forbid, if one of the kids has a bad game, <laughs> he might sit for a week and a half. Well, this isn't this isn't Ken Hitchcock, so well, still, it's it's still the NHL, and I I mean you know, and, and we can sit here all night and complain about these lines like everybody has on Twitter, which I mean I I trust me, I'm not a fan either, but at the same time, you got to get a little creative here. I mean it's uh, uh yeah, you know what, Sabok on that top line, everyone called this too, and that was that was with Hitchcock here. And oh, Saboka is going to creep his way up in that second line <laughs> and get some first line time. Those injuries, and yes, their injuries. That's the only reason he's up there. But still, right. and I think I think Schwartz and Shen together does make sense. I can see those two having a good chemistry, but and I can see them wanting to split that from Tarasenko. But right, you, I would I would put even I, I know this is an unpopular opinion. Pay Harvey's more of a playmaker to me than Saboka. I'd put him over there instead of Saboka. That's that's yeah. a very good point. Um, you know, PRB you know is definitely been you know he was drafted uh, very high, 
uh, high first rounder, and it was because of the skill set. You know, Saboka's skill set is you know winning faceoffs and getting under people's skin. He's he is a third fourth line guy, um, but you know the for whatever reason you know he's he's getting pushed up there um, with these injuries, and uh, yeah, I mean the injuries don't happen. He's he's not going to get that kind of time, and. You you have the blues, and I you know I think the the logic behind having Schwartz on the second line is to try to balance out the scoring. The blues can't be a team that it has just one line that can be shut down, and you know that's all their scoring punch. And so they're at least early on they're going to try it with uh, with Savokan the top line, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, and, and keep in mind, too, it, it, we bitched about uh, Hitchcock always shuffling the lines. All coaches do it. Yo's going to do it. If they go down by a goal, I think you're going to see these lines completely changed already. I mean, yeah. I'm not too concerned. I'm Like I said, I'm not going to sit here and completely blast the lineup, but it is a little concerning to see opening night Saboka possibly playing on the top line. That's, I mean, granted, it's, I mean, it's, it's, they're kind of, he was forced into this kind of a thing because of the injuries. But, uh, but yeah, like you said, PRV uh, is a better option on the top line, even though I don't like it. Um, it's a better option than Sabok, I think. Um, I, you know what? I, to be honest, I'd almost rather do Upshaw on the top line than Saboka. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I maybe. I don't know. But, it, so, but uh, Megan too. I mean, why? I, I'd rather see him playing. I know he's listed as a center, but um, shoot, stick him on a on a wing as opposed to uh, I don't know, Saboka on the top line. I don't know. We'll see. A defensive pairing: uh, Edmondson and Petrangelo, uh, or as uh, uh, some folks like to say, uh, Petrangelo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Gunnarsson and Pareko, and then Dunn and uh, Bertuzzo. With the extra being crosser, so not a whole, uh, you know, the, the defensive lines are kind of as expected, I guess. Nothing, nothing too surprising there, I guess. As uh, you know, as crazy as, as it sounds, I'm I'm actually a little excited about Prosser seeing him in game lineup because one, if you remember, the Blues signed him a couple of years ago, and then they went to send him down to the AHL, and the Wild took him. Now they sign him again. And Mike Yo is the coach, and he's on the team. So, obviously, to me, Yo is likely a Nate Prosser fan. So I'm excited to see what he can bring. But at the same time, I love that top line. Uh, we all know J-Bow will be back there as soon as he's back. But Edmondson had a great playoff last year, and I'm excited to see what Vince Dunn can do. I think Edmondson is going to have uh, a nice year. I think he's going to. I think he'll put up a handful of points this year and he'll get your penalty minutes. So your fantasy people, you know, um, I, I, I think, I think he's, uh, he's one of those, he'll be a, a very nice, uh, what second, I guess when, uh, Bortuzzo comes back or then, uh, Bomeister comes back, he'll be, uh, what paired with, I guess, uh, Bortuzzo. So yeah, I, I'm, I, I think he's gonna have a nice year. I think he'll get some more points this year. I mean, he hasn't had that offensive production yet, in his career, but he showed glimpses in the playoffs, and uh, uh, he's he, he's known he was known when he came up as a guy. He had a good shot, not anything like Pareko, my, my God, but uh, he uh, he can he can shoot the puck. 
Yeah, scored a big goal against Nashville. Uh, in the you know in that sh- unfortunately all too short series, um, I don't know I I you know again he's there he wouldn't be in the uh, the top pairing if if uh, Bo Mistral were healthy, um, you know I I I would love to see him take Jabo's spot permanently on that top line and uh, push Jabo down to uh, you know the the fourth defenseman. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I'm I'm worried when it comes to Carl Gunnarsson having to eat second line or second pairing minutes again. Um, you know, my my hope was that uh, Pateri Lindbom was uh, was going to make the the club this year, and now he's completely out of the picture. Played himself out of the organization, and uh, that sucks. But that being said, I'm excited uh, to see what uh, what Vince Dunn uh, can bring, and uh, you know, uh, I, I I love the uh, you know the fact that we've got Wallman, uh, who can uh, hopefully come up at some point uh, if uh, if it's necessary. Um, yeah, he's in Chicago right now. Yeah, but uh, the you know I I I think the interesting storyline. Uh, with Prosser is, you know, Prosser and Bortuzzo seem to be uh, kind of kind of similar players. I think Bortuzzo pinches a little bit more, but uh, you know, will will uh, Yo's love for Prosser, uh, you know, ultimately bring uh, Bortz, uh, you know, push Bortz out of the lineup? Uh, that'll be an interesting storyline. I think uh, that could develop. I was with you. I, I really thought that with with uh, the Bo Meester industry, uh, injury that um, uh, Lindbaum was going to be the, the the easy shoe in. That didn't happen. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm one. I'm, I'm you know I'm excited about Vince Dunn. I uh, I want to see what he can do. I've I've heard good good things over the years, um, but uh, yeah, I'm worried about Gunnarsson too. I didn't like him. They signed him uh, when they re-signed him. They said, "Oh, well, this is Shattenkirk's guy." No, he's not. He's not a second pairing guy to me. Um, at best, he's your third. But I still even think, despite his contract, he's a seventh defenseman. I mean, I think I think he's a seventh defenseman anywhere in the NHL. Um, it's just uh, yeah. not sold on him as an actual defenseman. He he's not awful at moving the puck at times. He's not awful at, at getting in the, the lanes, but. I just think he gets exposed on the second pairing a lot. But but his he has a hashtag dedicated to him and it's damn it Carl. Yep. There there is a legitimate reason for that. And uh yeah, that's the fact that the Blues are going to have to rely on him for, you know, uh a lot of minutes every night, you know, that that doesn't bode well. Um, so, you know, it, last year I, I was a lot more comfortable with the D last year, obviously having Shattenkirk, um, you know, Shattenkirk, uh, and Petrangelo were so highly regarded, you know, across the league as elite defensemen. And now Shattenkirk's gone and, uh, you know, Pareko's stepping up, but, uh, is Pareko going to be enough to offset hashtag damn it, Carl? I don't know. I don't think so. So let me ask you guys a real a quick give a quick answer here. Um does this team throughout the season miss Kevin Shattenkirk? On the power play? Anywhere. On the power play they will. Uh 
honestly, um, I, I, he, he was, we've, we, we always complained about Shattenkirk um, as being a liability defensively. And, and he, he is. Um, on the power play, is fantastic. Um, he gets hurt a little bit, and he's. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to miss him. I think Pareko will step up and take a bigger role on the power play. Um, I don't think they'll miss him much. Really. I don't know. I you know I I think you know he he had a good reputation of of being a great guy in the room, um, but you know his his time here had run its course. Everybody knew he was going to be gone after this year. Um, there was no way the Blues were going to be able to afford him. Um, you know I. Would you, you know, in a non-salary cap world, yeah, it would be great to have him here, but it's just, it was never going to happen. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think anybody would, well, I, I, there are probably some people out there that would say they would rather have Shattenkirk over Petro, but nah, to oh, me, no. there's there's absolutely no way you can make that, you know, it, having, having Petro... Uh, you know, he's so much more of a solid defenseman. Um, you know, th- to me, there's no question there. What publication ranked the top defenseman in the NHL? And it was like the list of the top 10. And I think Shattenkirk, their Raiders, number four, and Petrangelo didn't make the list. Yeah, Who was that's, Who I was don't it? know. I don't remember, but I remember see, you sent it to us, I think. That was crazy, stupid. Awful. Yeah. Awful. I, uh, I actually, uh, the Puck Podcast, if anybody listens to them, they were doing something over the summer, top 10 current defensemen. One of those actually put Petrangelo, I think, at number eight. Um, and then uh, somebody else, the other host, said uh, he had considered Shattenkirk for um, his 10th spot. And the other guy even said, oh, Petrangelo's above him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I think some people see that, but I think a lot of people just look at the points. Oh, and it's like Norris voting. It's like it's it's mostly points. Yep, which is crazy. And what's his face won it uh, uh, a number of years ago. Never killed penalties. He, he was not on a penalty. Carlson, Errol Carlson, never killed penalties. How can you win the trophy as the league's best defenseman, and you're not good enough to even be on a penalty kill unit on your own? Yep. It's so stupid. Yep, I agree. You're a forward playing uh, in, on the point. That's <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah. Oh. So make another trophy, best offensive defenseman. That's what I always say. They, they say it does say best all around defenseman for the Norris, but yes. but they're looking purely at offense. I think it's like ninety percent offense. Yeah, and like I said, even though Bobby Orr was a great defensive defenseman too, have an award called the Bobby Orr Award, and it goes to the highest point getting defenseman or your pick for the best offensive defenseman. Yeah, the Bobby Orr, the Paul Coffee. There you go. Uh, Wallman is in Chicago. Uh, Bly is in San Antonio, and Bennington was put on waivers. Mm, how far did that guy fall? <laughs> I remember just a couple of years ago, people were saying Bennington's the guy of the future. He's the guy. Let's trade Allen. He's the guy of the future. I always love it. I always think it's funny. It is so, and it's with it's always with goaltending. It's never any other position. Goaltending, you get these these talking heads on social media, the know it alls that. Uh, it's always the next guy that's the guy. And then the guy comes up. It's like, oh, no, you know, he's, he's struggling a little bit. You know, get rid of him. We got this guy down in the minors. It's always 
the next guy. It's never the guy we have ever. Um, I I had somebody who say who told me uh, at the beginning of the 15, 16 season, because I asked him who's he was a goalie himself, a, a good goalie. I uh, knew the position really well, and so I asked him, "Who is who's going to be the starting goalie at the end of the year?" Because it was Alan Elliott, Alan Elliott, Alan Elliott, and he said, "Bennington." I laughed, and he goes, "No, I'm serious. Alan's going to get hurt. Elliott's going to struggle. Bennington's going to pull on Alan and come up. Except he's going to keep playing well, and he's going to steal the job from both of them." And I'm like, "You're crazy." And then he came up. I think it was that season. And he had what two just atrocious games. Never gonna play again for the Blues. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was when um, when Jake was completely lost, wasn't it? Or mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that was when I think Elliot got hurt. Yeah, and uh, it was right before they signed Brodor, I think. Yeah. Western, yeah, and I. It was a Western swing. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, those guys, those guys bugged me. But, that's why I'm still surprised. That, nice guy. That's why I'm surprised that 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 Armstrong traded Copley. Yeah. Not saying Copley's the guy, but it shocks me because it's obvious they have no faith in Bennington at this point. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they so they're all in on Huso and uh, I guess um, Opilka. Yeah, you know, he's hurt now. So. Yep. There was a guy behind me at the game on Sunday who was uh, talking to Puso, who's had, I mean, he had a really nice camp, but uh, he was, uh, I think, uh, you know, Allen has struggled in camp and, and in the preseason, and he, uh, the guy behind me was just, he's like, we need to bring up Huso and play him. That's what we need to do. You know, just, just make Allen back up. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, as, as much as I like Carter Hutton as a person, everyone on this show knows I, I don't trust him as a starter if Allen gets hurt. Well, okay. When Allen gets hurt this year, I don't trust him to start all the games. I do hope that by next season we see Huso at least as the backup. I'd like to. I, I mean, I'm I'm always excited to see the 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 prospect that's hey the, the highly touted prospect, the guy we're excited about is doing well. I'm excited to see him get a chance, see what he can do. I, I I'm all for that, but I, I'm not I'm not going to write off you know our starting guy now. Uh, no, supposed to be our future right now. Um, Alan, who's supposed to be our next guy, our guy uh, the, I mean, if he works out, he'll be our goalie for the next six, seven, eight years, hopefully. So yeah. that's, uh, yeah, just, I you just can't write Alan off after, you know, I think it's a slow start, which he might because, uh, I mean, he had one last year and he is not having a good camp and looked bad in the preseason. So hopefully that does not continue to start the season. Uh, the, uh, we got some, uh, so, okay, uh, predictions for the Central Division. Um, uh, where where do the Blues finish, guys? Where do you what do you think? Uh, how, how what's the order of the Central? Who finishes first? Where do the Blues finish? Want to? Who wants to tackle that? So I I'll uh, I'll go ahead and say that yeah the uh, the top spot in the Central is uh, going to be the Minnesota Wild this year. Um, I think that they will have a very strong regular season. Uh, I don't know how far they go in the playoffs, but I, th- I think they're going to take the top spot. Um, we do know that they will lose in a game seven, though. Right, right. But that's uh, we're talking about regular season. So right. Right. Um, 
<clears throat> so yeah, uh, I've got the Wild as the best team in the division. Um, you know, I I think Nashville is going to be very strong. I'm going to take them number two, um, and then Dallas and uh, you know the uh, the Blues and the Blackhawks are are probably the uh, the three four if the Blues can get healthy. Uh, if the Blues can't get healthy, um, I, I don't like the prospects for this season. And uh, we may have, uh, you know, I, I can see a worst-case scenario where the Blues, yeah, instead of getting healthier before, uh, you know, they get too far into the season, having a couple more injuries, and uh, they're, they're injury-riddled. And on the outside looking in by December, and... Uh, if they can't figure out a way to turn it around um you know i know uh this we had this crazy coaching thing last year uh with uh yo being brought in as the coach in waiting and he took over for hitchcock when the team lost its way um the bad news for mike yo is that there's another doug armstrong favorite out there unemployed right now and that's dave tippett so if the Blues don't produce, I, I could see a, uh, a knee-jerk reaction at some point uh, in the season to bring in uh, another Armstrong guy. But it, it would have to get pretty bad. I don't know that it will get there. But uh, the, the, the non-Blues social media influencer in me believes that you know that there is a, a, a way that we get there. And I, I hope it doesn't happen, but... Uh, I my negative thoughts have taken me there. Well, don't worry, guys. The the Blues uh, they might be injured, but they're going to come out real strong. Um, you know, the, they may uh, lose a game or two, but you know what? It's no big deal. It's an eighty-two game season. Hold on, okay. second. Hold on a second. <laughs> have you been contacted by the Blues? Oh, did you see my badge? The social media oh. uh, <laughs> propaganda person. <laughs> Social media influencer. Yeah, whatever it's called. Yeah. Uh, no, in, in all in all seriousness, um, I'm not trying to be a social media influencer here, and I know this is the unpopular opinion. And for those who have heard me before, I picked the Blues to not even make the playoffs last year, and I've never in my life since 2000 picked them to win the Cup. So this is a bold-ass prediction. Blues are going to take the Central. Wow. And the reason I say that, and a part of the reason I say that, I think one through five in the division will be separated between seven and eight points. I think it is going to be a down-to-the-wire finish, and I think the Blues are going to finish strong because by the end of the season, hopefully they're going to have a lot of these guys back and they're all going to be playing hard. I could see the Blues um, uh, coming out ahead. And... Uh, Behind them, I've got the Blackhawks. Even though I've I've seen people pick them to not even make the playoffs, but I think they're still a strong at least regular season team. They still got guys that are going to put in plenty of uh, pucks in the net. Crawford to me is still a great goalie. Uh, I've got the everyone's favorite pick, the Dallas Stars, finishing third. Um, I'm going back and forth with them, just because I think it's going to take a while for Hitchcock to really take hold with his system. Um, and I think a guy like Alex Radulov is not going to play that well there. Uh, the guy's got a contract, and he's working under Hitchcock, which means he doesn't care about anything. So he's not going to do anything this year. 
Um, that is such a such a great point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, and and uh, Jamie Ben and uh, Tyler Sagan aren't known for their defensive prowess either. So no, and, and they're gonna. I think could, they'll, that they'll, could just be a bad locker room this year. They're. I think they'll play better defensively, and you know they got Mark Mathot, which is going to be a, a nice addition. But I just don't. I'm. I'm. I'm a. Bl- and up uh, oh, oh, I'm back I'm back um I'm a believer in the sense that they'll make the playoffs but I don't see them I think between them and fifth it's going to be like two or three points uh fourth I got the predators fifth I've got the wild um I know that's crazy because they got Bruce Boudreau the regular season success story but um again I think the, the, the division is going to be separated by such little point totals that and, and the, the difference there, too, is I think that can be completely flip-flopped from what I listed, and it won't surprise me. Uh, sixth, I've got Jets just outside the playoffs. I think they're close. I think next year they're there, but just not this season. The division's too strong. And seventh, I've got, sorry, Avalanche fans, your team finished seventh again. Yeah, I, I, nobody's, I, I, yeah nobody's got the uh, Avalanche picked to do anything. <laughs> I've got here's, – here's, here's mine. Um, I, I agree with 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 Jeff and that that I think this is a very tough uh, division to pick. I mean, it's a it's a very it's overall it's a very close division, it's a very good division, uh, very close division, and really you can interchange a bunch of these teams and make an argument for it. And you'd be like, okay, I mean, I can see that. Um, I've got the Wild at number one. Um, I've got the Stars finishing second. Uh, even though I'm not on Bishop being the savior there. Uh, I've got the Hawks finishing third. Um, I think without Panarin, I think that that's a, that's a huge... Maybe I liked Panarin more than a lot of people, but I think I think that guy is fantastic. Um, I think that's going to be a huge loss for them. I mean, Saad's fine. Works well with Taze, but he's not, he's not even close to... I mean, and their, their defense is going to be shaky and uh, yeah, giving up, uh, that's going to expose Crawford, I, maybe, because I mean he's. Yeah, I mean, the the fact that they had to give up Yalmerson uh, and got Connor Murphy back. Yeah, their defense is and Brian uh, Campbell retired. Their defense is not good. I mean, there's so much tied up between uh, uh, Seabrook and uh, uh, Keith. You know, there and everybody else is just. You know, just not good. I, their their defense is awful, and uh, yeah, I I think you're right. Crawford gets exposed in that uh, lineup. Um, and then I have the Blues uh, finishing behind Chicago, which I had. I mean, I, I you know I really am trying not to be. I was trying not to be a homer with my picks here with the Blues. I, I sometimes I am with where they finish and stuff. I, I was trying to be trying to be honest in how I think they're going to finish uh, realistically. Um, and not best case scenario kind of a thing like I usually do, but uh, I, I mean I'm really concerned about the injuries right now. Um, yes, they're going to get hopefully everyone back except Fabry um, before too long. Um, but uh, you know, I, I mean, yes, it, we had a discussion uh, on Hangouts the, the other day about about Allen. Uh, I you know don't like the way he looks right now, and he had a bad. St- start of the season last year and I just I, I can just see that happening again for some reason hope it doesn't happen but 
you know, I, I can see this team getting off to a very bad start. If Allen struggles and the injuries and the kids are, I mean, I'm excited. I want them in the lineup, but at the same time, I don't expect great things right away. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. I mean, maybe I'm wrong about that. I hope I am. Uh, the Jets finishing, uh, what, what place I'm in here? Fifth? One, two, three, four. Yeah. Jets at fifth. Um, Nashville sixth. Oh boy. I, yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, I'm not high on Nashville. I, they, I mean, they, I, to be, I mean, we, the blues who were not a highly touted team last year and they played well, but you know, people, they kind of went, they kind of did better than expected for a lot of people. I mean, I, Jeff, you said you picked them to miss the playoffs last year. So uh, they finished five points behind us in the uh, in the regular season, and they got hot in the playoffs. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Renee got played fantastic. Um, Ellis was unreal, and he's gone. Ellis is gone for four months. Um, there's no Mike Fisher. There's no James Neal. Um, I and they I, they've they've added and also uh, Peter Laviolette's Hurricanes. This is this is this is why Peter Laviolette's Hurricanes won the Stanley Cup in '06, missed the playoffs the following year. That's my rationale. There you go. Uh, lightning can strike twice for um, Laviolette. Yeah. Uh, and and, and the, Colorado Aval- the Avalanche, I don't even have finishing. <laughs> so they're not. They're going to fold they're not, quarters of the way through the season. Yeah, they won't even finish sixth because, uh, what, seventh? What is it? Uh, they won't even. One two, one, two, three. Yeah, seventh. Yeah, so they, uh, they won't even finish. They're that bad. <laughs> And and they're gonna deal Duchesne, Duchesne, Duchesne at some point, so they'll get even worse. They're they're not gonna get they're gonna. So hope I'm hopefully I'm wrong about where the Blues finish. I I I'd love to see you know best case scenario. Um, they finish first. Well, right, obviously. <laughs> but I think with with the division as close as it's gonna be, I agree with you. It's gonna be close. Uh, I don't think they're gonna eke it out though, uh, just because of the injuries and the kids and, and the inexperience. Um, and uh, and for some reason I got a bad feeling about Allen. Uh, to start the season, but we'll see. I I just I'm usually the anti homer. So for those that are listening, they're like that moron picked the Blues to finish first. I haven't picked them to finish ahead of fourth in ten fifteen years probably. So I don't know. I just I've got a feeling about this team. I got a feeling about Yo. I got a feeling about Allen picking it up. Um, I, I just. I'm probably more optimistic than I should be, but I have been. Maybe it's just still. I've still got the high from the Laterra trade. I don't know, but uh, I've, I'm I'm optimistic. I think they're gonna have a good year. I like it. I like it. You got to have balance here. Fair and balanced. That's right. The Fair and Balanced Podcast. <laughs> uh, we have uh, Lance from the Drop Podcast has joined us this evening again. Lance, you there? Maybe Hello, not. Lance. You fell asleep. Well, if you are around, Lance, I think I heard a toilet flush. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, I was going to get his take on uh, be good timing, Lance, to get your take on where you think the Blues are going to finish uh, when you come back. We'll get that, I guess. Um, we can do the uh, Blues social media fails to round out the show here. Um, we got a couple. And a new entry, actually, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> um, so from the uh, from the Blues Lounge, uh, you guys want to share these, or how you want to do this? Oh, I'll, can I do the first one? Right ahead. My, be my guest. This is from today, correct? 
This is from today or yesterday, yeah. Okay. So it's from the Blues Lounge, uh, our favorite place to pick on. Because we uh, love them. Yeah, we do. We love them. We love you guys. Uh, we love uh, your your intro and outro to your show. Um, we love everything. So <laughs> here's, uh, here's the first one from the Blues Lounge. Now that Yager is out of the question, period, let's move on to waivers, period. Here are my picks out of the list that was just sent out. Timu Polkanen and David Booth and Jordan Tutu. Out of those three, the Blues should pick up one of them. Uh, first of all, David Booth, uh, I'm pretty sure he's a zombie at this point, right? All the uh, brain trauma that he's yeah. had over his career. Yeah. Jordan Tutu, uh, I don't think he's been able to throw a hit in about 10 years. And he's uh, LTIR for the Blackhawks. Yep. And then, uh, you know, the only one that I could kind of, sort of say, yeah, maybe, is Timo Polkanen. But even then, that's just a, hey, let's see if we can catch lightning in a bottle for five games. Yeah. Polkinen, uh, Polkinen, what scored an overtime winner against the Blues for the Red Wings uh, before he got waived and sent to Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no thanks. All right, uh, you want the second one, Bill, or let me take it? Your call. Um, let's see. I'll do this one. Go ahead. Uh, so someone makes an makes an anti-Yager comment. And uh, our response is, tell me one person who played 82 games for the Blues. Well, uh, Tarasenko, Berglund, Perron, <laughs> LOL, really? Yep, last year. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Those kinds of comments always strike me as hilarious because you're on the internet when you're typing this. You can just as easily go look at the roster from last year and see who played 82 games. Why are you asking somebody? It's so stupid. Yeah, we've. I think you've, <laughs> you've ranted about that before. It's just, it's just, it, it, it's, I, it, maybe it's a level of technology that I think everyone should have that people don't. I, I, maybe I'm assu- making assumptions about <laughs> the general public online I, that I shouldn't be, but I, that just seems like common sense to me. Uh, I'll take the short one. Pertaining to Yager, uh, it was this guy was touting uh, Yager and you know, how the Blues should have got him. He said, uh, second only to Gretzky in points and in points. Enough said. And I'm like, yeah, you're not getting the guy that has the second number of points all the time. You're not getting that. I mean, you're getting that guy, but he's not going to put up 85 points. By that logic, shouldn't the Blues sign Wayne Gretzky and Martin Brodeur? Paul Oates. Let's close. I'm yeah, close. Get him back. Uh, Frank Mahovlich. I hear he's looking for work. <laughs> Yager was a 16 goal guy last year. And he, and I think most of them came on the power play. So he was a specialized player. He's slow as molasses. But um, I think it would have been cool to have him on the team and meet. It been like a uh, almost like not like a, a sideshow, but a, a neat thing to see. Like it was neat to see Broder play for the Blues. It'd be, it would have been neat to see Yager in a Blues jersey. Um, but I don't. I mean, I. I rumor, rumor has it he was wanting three or four million, and uh, he ended up taking a million plus a million of bonuses. Correct? Yeah. So yeah. that's. I mean, that's not a bad contract for, for Calgary for a guy that you know might score sixty goals. But 
So I thought that was uh, that was kind of funny that the you know people are people want Yager to be signed. Being the, the 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 argument they give is that he's second most points all time. He's such a fantastic Hall of Famer. He's one of the best ever. Yeah, it was. I mean, he's not that player anymore. Right. He's he's the guy now that is just trying to uh, eclipse Gordy Howe in age at the end of his career. And he's uh, what eighty goals or seventy goals away from what is it eight hundred? Something like that. He's there's something, the- Kurt. There's something behind you. <laughs> oh, that's a child. God, scared the crap out of me. <laughs> My daughter is awake still. It's ten thirty. I told you to sleep. You you want her to read I'm this one? Have- <laughs> <laughs> what a- this next one? Here, come over here. Come over here. Can you read that? This is from the Blue Line podcast. Uh, a fellow uh, blues podcasters, uh, uh, they posted on the on one of the blues uh, Facebook pages, and uh, so I, I listened to one of their shows, and it was kind of a couple things. That, I mean, I'm sure we say crap like this all the time, but uh, this is something they said that I thought was. All right, like, I'll I'll take the response if she wants to read that. Okay, so start with says when talking. So read that. When talking about the penguins' chases, chances a winning at winning at winning their third cup in a row. One of the guys say. One of the guys says. says. Oh. Has anyone ever won three cups in a row? Somebody take it. Go ahead. Go ahead, Zoe. Take this. Right here. Say, I think. I think the Canadians Canadians did it. And the Islanders nice. did it in the early 60s, 80s. 80s. And I think Detroit in the 90s. Thank you. Okay, that's what I thought. Three is the record. Nobody has ever won four in a row. Which if, it's funny because if you ever listen to something and like on the radio or, or on a TV or something, you say, nope, that's wrong. <laughs> Just, and certainly they'll look it up and realize it and correct themselves. But they didn't. And, and, and it was driving me bonkers. I'm listening. I'm like, no, that's, that's, that's not right. And they're all agreeing. Oh, no one's ever won four in a row. Oh, yeah. No one's ever. And uh, actually, um, so we'll, we'll do it for them. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Uh, yeah, then, and by the way, kudos. That was a, 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 an excellent read. Well, she know she's lovely. No, uh, seriously, that was uh, that was good. How old is she? She is in first grade. First grade. Very grade. nice. Get ready? Wow. <laughs> good job, Dad. <laughs> I had a long nap. Um, but five in a row is the record by Montreal in the late 50s and Detroit did not win three in a row in the 90s so um, and and uh, and just to throw it in there uh, the Oilers won four out of five years uh, in the 80s so and I, I you know I, I'm not saying the, I, I don't know who the blue line podcast is to be quite honest I've never heard it but I'm sure they're great um, but yeah that's just something like I, I, I do it on the radio Um there are people who be talking about serious national news on some goofy show I'm listening to, and it's clear they don't have the facts. And it's just, don't talk about it if you don't know. 
And that goes for podcasts, radio, TV, webcasts. Uh, yeah, I mean, no offense, Blue Line Podcast. Again, I'm sure your show's great, and I will give you a listen. They, yeah, they, but you got it. You got at least if you make a claim like that, like Kurt said, go back and review it and make sure that you're not spewing incorrect information. Well, and 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 in there, I mean, I listened to the whole thing, and it was a, it was a, it was a really nice podcast. They did a good job. You can tell they know their stuff. It was just kind of funny. I don't think they, they kind of ventured into an area that wasn't uh, <laughs> that they didn't really, I guess, prepare for, and they didn't know, and uh, and no one looked it up. So it's just kind of funny. <laughs> Has anyone ever won three cups in a row? And I think the Canadians did it, and the Islanders did it in the early '80s, and I think Detroit did it in the '90s. And uh, okay, so I thought three is the record. Nobody's ever won four in a row, though. And they're like, no, no, no one's ever won four in a row. That's right. That's crazy. <laughs> no, that's that is something where even if I know I'm right. And, and you guys start talking, I still come on here and make sure I look because I got the computer in front of me. Right. Right. I look and say, all right, make sure that what you said was correct. Right, right. So that, and that's always funny. And, and and like I said, their show, I mean, give the show a listen. It was, uh, it's the, the Blue Lion podcast. I think it's on iHeartRadio. But it's, uh, yeah. It, the host, any idea? I got that. It was what, The Whipping Boy or something. I think he's on. The Whipping Boy from 105.7? No. Or, no, they're 104.9 now. Yeah, I think it's him. Yeah. Uh, really? Yeah, he has a yeah. Him and a couple other guys, like three other guys, three or four other guys. There's a lot of money. Um, it's like 30 minutes long, and I think they're doing it like every other week or something. Oh well. Uh, the first episode. If you guys are happening to be listening. Welcome to the uh, St. Louis Blues podcast industry. Yeah, and uh, you know you've made it when you make our Blues social media fails. That's right. <laughs> you could only go up. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> um, we we poke fun because we love. Um, and uh, oh, they also said that uh, one of the things they said was um, on the Blue Line podcast if the Golden Knights win 40 games, that's a great season for them. And I was like, well, no shit, <laughs> <laughs> that's over 500, and that would be an amazing season for them, and they'd be a fringe playoff team. So, uh, yeah, it'd be a great season for them. Well, it's not technically over 500. Uh, they'd be like 40, probably 40, uh, 28. The Blues are 149 last year. Uh, they'd be like 40, 28, and 12 or something. You know? so. Well, you don't know if they were 40 and 42. That's under 500. I'm saying that they'd probably have a number of overtime losses. How do you know? How do you know? Who had, What's the lowest number of OTLs? last year was six or something eight i'm sure it was the avalanche <laughs> they didn't even make it to overtime well i'm granted if you have 40 wins chances are you're going to be over 500 uh because no, that's have, have you're right i'm just giving you trouble there curtsy yes. <laughs> no, I, uh, no i agree i mean we we had this discussion in my fantasy draft last night uh what is considered a good season for the golden knights 40 games <laughs> <laughs> It's been established. Um, I would say if they, I'd say a good season for them would be, uh, I'd say a good season, 85 points. That would be a great season. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a good season. Yeah. For, for an expansion team, 80, ah, shit, I would, I would say 70 points would be okay. a well, really I, strong season. I think people are kind of high on them as far as expansion teams go. That's the only reason I say that. Compared to the past expansion teams, right. yes. Right. I, the but, Ottawa Senators? Yeah. Oh, man, they were atrocious the first few years. I think 80 to 85 points would be a really good season for them. 
And I think that's about what uh, that's probably ceiling for them. I'm guessing 85 points. Maybe. What did the what did the Coyotes have last year? I don't know. I bet. I bet. You want to you want to you want to just guess and pass it off as fact? Yeah, yeah, we can do that. That's the going thing now. OEL played in 82 games last year. That's my guess. Let's look. Um, no, but uh, we were going by wins. I said if they get 25 wins, I'd be happy. Last year, I'm looking to. Uh, let's see. We've got the Coyotes. Coyotes. Uh, they got. They had 70 uh, points. 70 points. 30 wins. 30 wins. Yep. So I'd say that that should probably be their benchmark. 30 wins, 70 points. If they get that, that's a, a successful success successful season for them. Successful. <laughs> Sounded out, Chad. They'll, they'll finish the end of Colorado and Vancouver. I'll say. I that. used to be on the radio. Yeah, <laughs> but now it's still insurance. Um, I, I they'll finish ahead of Colorado and Vancouver, but that might be about it. I think. I think uh, I think they finish ahead of Vancouver. I think that's it. You think you think the Vancouver's gonna finish? Okay. Well, you think Vancouver's gonna finish last? I think it goes Vancouver last, uh, then the Knights, then the Avalanche. Okay. I think that's the only way that five that um um five teams make it from the Pacific. I'm not saying they will. I think I think five teams will still make it from the Central. But if there are five teams that make it from the Pacific, it's because they beat up on Vancouver and Vegas. And Lance has disappeared. So I don't know if he had uh, had to take off or had some issues or whatever. Do you guys uh, want to do trivia or want to save it till next week? Well, we could open it up, I guess. Um, anybody wants to pop on, jump on the link. On uh, It's been posted on Twitter, right? That's it? Yeah, Twitter, and it's on uh, the website. Let's okay, let's go blues.com. Let's go blues. Join us. Radio. Join us live in the next, I'd say, what, five minutes? We could do a little maybe uh, opening night preview. If uh, uh, we finish that up and nobody's on, then we will save it for next week. How about that? Cool. Sounds good. So what do you guys think? Opening night, Pittsburgh raises their cup banner. Will we be happy or disappointed at the end of the evening? Disappointed. We'll be disappointed, uh, and primarily because we've had to listen to Mike Milbury all fucking night. <laughs> uh, I said on the last show that I enjoy Mike Milbury, so I'm gonna stick to that. But I, um, I also think that uh, just based on my my previous uh, discussion about the Blues for the uh, season preview, the uh, I think they'll get off to a slow start this season. Uh, and that's not really anything groundbreaking. I think that's kind of what a lot of people might think that with the injuries and with um, other things considered, I, 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 I think we. I, I, I got a bad feeling about the game. I, I mean, not just we're going to lose this game in particular. I think we're going to lose kind of handily. I'm not. I got a bad feeling about it. Come on. See, historically, I wish I had the numbers. Um, maybe somebody does, but historically, banner raising ceremonies, the home team does not do well. So, um, again, I don't know if there is, this is crazy. I I'm not like this and it's, it's scaring me. I'm optimistic. I think the blues are going to come out with a win. I think they're going to play the penguins hard. I think, uh, one of the two goalies will get hurt if we know our history, <laughs> Alan or Murray. Uh, but no, I, I think, I think the blues come out with a win. I think, uh, they come out with some jump and I think the young guys with, uh, Thompson and, 
um, uh, done. I think they have good games, and and we're happy after the the opening win. I don't think it's going to be like a crazy win. I think it'll be like a two one three two, but I do see the Blues winning tomorrow night. What do you think, Bill? Mm, um, you know, besides uh, having to listen to Mike Milbury, now I I don't uh, I don't have a very good feeling about the game. Um, yeah, you know, I get, you know, typically, uh, banner raising is a bad night for the home team, but I just, I don't know. I, I think the, uh, the, the penguin speed, uh, is just going to outmatch the blues at, uh, at every end of the ice. And, uh, I, I don't, uh, I, I, I'm more, uh, more inclined to, uh, to side with Kurt. Uh, that uh, it, it's gonna it's gonna look pretty bad for the Blues tomorrow night. So um, I'm not sure when our next show will be, but uh, the Blues very well could have four games before our next show. Uh, we've got Pittsburgh Wednesday night, uh, Dallas Saturday night, which is also the home opener. And uh, for those of you doing the Blues 5K, I'm sure you'll be looking for uh, Bill and Kurt. They'll be there. Yeah. Um, if you'll be in Kirkwood, look for me in a moving truck. Uh, and then. Uh, Monday and uh, Tuesday, they uh, travel to New York and face off against the Islanders and Rangers. And real quick, um, I want to give a little radio rant, probably the shortest one in history. Hey, NHL, stop with the afternoon games on Columbus Day. Yeah, uh, most people work. That has been going on. I remember in middle school, uh, so it was probably what, like 98. You guys were already well into your 50s. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I remember in middle school having the, uh, the, the walk, the walk man with the, uh, earphones going through my shirt. So I listen to it in class. Stop it. Like you said, everybody works. Like Nobody is off of Columbus day except for Christopher Columbus's family. Well, I, uh, my, my kids don't have school. Some of grade schools are off. My kids are off. So instead of getting a babysitter, I just took the day off. So that's I can I can watch the game too then. And um, yeah, I I don't know about your status, uh, you know, yet, Jeff. But uh, for uh, for those of us uh, in a certain uh, you know, that uh, are are full time employees of a uh, certain employer, uh, we do have a couple extra holidays that uh, you know choose your own holidays this year. So uh, maybe it'll be uh, blues hockey uh, for me. Yeah, I I don't have that luxury. I'm a um I'm a slave. Uh that's too bad. Yep. You're uh Mr. You've been there what? Uh 17 years? Uh 17 years uh in about 20 days. Yeah, see, I'm uh, I'm at a couple months. So yeah, I don't have that luxury. Uh well. Mm, that's that's a long time to be in one place, I'll tell you. But, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, a lot of years dancing on the pole. <laughs> it, it is. Yeah. I've been at my place of employment now for going on 13 years. 13 years next, I mean, next year, it'll be 13 years. So. Just past so, one. So I want to go back to your uh, your Walkman comment. Um, <laughs> so uh, did you did you also scream, way to go, Youngblood, and throw your Walkman across the room? <laughs> Yes, I did. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> you know, my favorite was that um, I did it in my social studies and then my English class. 
my English teacher was a huge soccer fan. And we used to fight all the time about what was better, soccer or hockey. And so I got a question. For him it was. For nobody anybody else it isn't. I like um, I love soccer. But I yeah, it's not hockey. But so he uh so at the end of class, I, I get up to walk out last last class of the day, grabs me by the arm and goes, Mr. Ponder, can I talk to you for a minute? Sure. Pulls me aside and says, What's the score? And I go, <laughs> uh and he goes, Yeah, see, you're wearing a blues jersey on a day that the blues have an afternoon game. I know you're listening to the game. And I'm like, uh, and he just goes, it's cool. Seriously, what's the score? And I was like, five to one. He goes, all right, good. Well, have a good day. That was it. Never heard from it again. So teach, some teachers can be pretty cool. Learn that, kids. Your teachers are people, too. I know we have a lot of kids listening to the show. 11 at 1045 at night. Yep. As yeah. Bill drops the F-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm trying to trying to scare Zoe into going to bed already. Come <laughs> there you on. go, because you know obviously somebody's a bad parent and lets their kids stay up this late. That is not as well. That happened, but that's not what was supposed to have happened. What was supposed to have happened was they were in bed and I came down here and they were supposed to go to sleep and they did not. So, mm. any parents out there that understand how that works, I mean that's like a common thing though that you, you put them to bed and they just don't go to sleep. What's funny is right before I came down to do the show, I checked on my kid and he was fast asleep. It oh, is a little younger than mine. And my kids uh, have mine of their own and they like to uh, not listen and stay up. Hmm. Okay. Better than mine, I guess. Bill's kids are asleep. Um, All the ones he knows of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, let's not have that conversation tonight. <laughs> So we mentioned the 5K on Saturday. Uh, Bill and I are going to be there. Um, and so if anybody else is going, um, yeah, there's supposed to be thousands of people there. So we'll, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm said I'm going to miss it. It should be fun. Forest Park. Get a nice medal, a nice T-shirt. It's like a part of the team. Yeah, so you you uh, already picked up your uh, your T-shirt and stuff, right? No, I have an embarrassing story about that. Oh, great. I was, I, the whole half, the most of part of the reason. <laughs> <laughs> part of the reason I went to the preseason game once today was because that was one of the dates, one of the places I could pick up the race packet for the 5K. So I said, okay, I'll just I'll go to the game and get tickets to get my kids and we'll go and, and I'll get the pack while I'm there. We were late getting there. I uh, missed the first few minutes of the game. I rushed to our seats, and we got that. And like my mind was elsewhere the entire game, getting my kids, you know, food and whatnot, and bathroom breaks and stuff, and totally put out of my head to get the race packet. Completely forgot. Went home. I didn't even remember that I was supposed to get it until like 9:30 that night. It was an afternoon game. <laughs> so I'm like, all of a sudden I'm on the couch. I'm just texting and I'm watching TV, and I'm like. <gasps> Shit. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And so now I have to drive out to uh, Fleet Fleet Feet, Fleet Fleet, whatever it's called, out in uh, De Pere. Yeah. And pick it up on Friday. Oh, well, you'll be up by me. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, uh, I'll, I'll get yeah. it then. And there's a food truck Friday, is apparently that day. So I will, maybe I'll just uh, kill two birds and hang out at the truck place for a while. Yeah. Um, 
I'm just I'm picking mine up at the race. I mean, whatever. I don't yeah, I I would I was going to, but I don't like messing with that crap the day of. I'd rather just come ready to go. Uh, you want to pick up yours? Uh, maybe I can. Uh, see if they see if you can. That'd be great. I'll I'll see if I can get it for you. I'm not sure if I'm gonna be allowed to. Yeah, I'll ask. So, I'm guessing we have no takers on the trivia. We've we've vamped long enough. We have. It's past uh, most folks' bedtime. But I haven't done my, my David Letterman vamp yet. Woo! Ha-ha! Eh? Eh? Very, eh? very, very nice. <laughs> very nice. For those uh, kids that don't know, David Letterman was on before Stephen Colbert. I was a huge Letterman fan. Me too. I do All uh, right, well, I guess that'll do it. Yeah, I think uh, I think our next show will be maybe Wednesday if we can... We have, talked about it but maybe that if there's no game wednesday maybe we can do it that night we'll see so maybe look for that day yeah so it's what monday tuesday new york so yeah i'm pretty sure they're off uh wednesdays they're off wednesday they play thursday uh off friday play again saturday so our only options would be wednesday or friday which fridays that's our party get crazy night yeah right that's my not go to bed until 11 p.m night wow no, I stay up much later, at least 11.15. It is nuts. <laughs> you live dangerously, sir. Mm-hmm. Not, not this one. Not tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, next one. Yes. So that'll, uh, that'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. And don't forget to please check out the Blue Notes Sports Bar and Grill in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Uh, and uh, they're having a uh, season opener party or a home opener party, one of the two. Check out their website. Find out what's going on. And Facebook. Um, for Bill Day and Jeff Ponder, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Thank you, gentlemen, for participating in this evening's show and your contributions to the season preview show. <laughs> Thank you for hosting so graciously. Oh, stop. Thank you for looking your best. Uh, it's, that's not hard. Mm. Let's go, Blues. Let's go, Blues. Let's go, Blues. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. A look at sports. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.